Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And uh feels like a little bit weird because there's been a couple days between uh, the game and when we're talking. Normally it's, we got 24 hours or usually less than, than that uh, between talking, mm-hmm. but had a day or two to let the death settle here. But inevitably, the Vikings lose to the Bengals in overtime. Uh, feels a little bit like a game of two halves, but almost maybe more so three quarters and one quarter. Uh, yeah. Maybe let's start here, because, uh, again, Vikings get to have their fourth starting quarterback uh, of the year. Uh, yeah. Fourth quarterback start a game, uh, I should uh-huh. say. Uh, Nick Mullins comes in. I guess, what would you extrapolate from his performance? What what would you say about the way that Nick Mullins played? Start with a shout out to Josh Fry, Purple PTSD Managing Editor. He kind of dug up that this is the first time, if you can believe this, Sam, first time in Vikings franchise history, they've had four different quarterbacks start a game in the same season, which I found hard to believe. I didn't realize that was the case. Because you think before Cousins, like kind of, it's a bit like kind of early two, late 90s, early 2000s. So there's some quarterback certainty there, stability there. And then Cousins in between. And like in between that, there's just a lot of quarterback stuff going on there, right? And there's a lot of turmoil, trying different things, injuries, et cetera. Um, kind of wild. This is the first time they've had four. Nick Mullins was the fourth. Uh, as we've kind of suggested previously, um, you know, it, it could have easily only been two starting quarterbacks because were it not for the fact that he was already on the IR, there would be no Josh Jobs tree. There would be no Jaron Hall start. Like Nick Mullins was the plan. He's the dude. Again, the Vikings like this guy. They traded for him. They then gave him a two-year extension. They like him. They think a lot of him. Kirk Cousins likes him. Um, and Nick Mullins likes Kirk Cousins. He had a great quote Mullins did in his presser last week before the game about the, uh, the energy that Cousins brings uh, and that even includes on the topic of Christmas cardigans, Christmas cardigans, Mr. Cousins and Christmas cardigans. So all that to say, I think Mullins actually played well. Okay. All, all that, you know, rambling, needless words to say that Mullins played well, bad mistakes, obviously you kind of know that's the case. You know, he, he came into the game, uh, you know, Josh has been referred Josh Fry back to PTSD, pro PTSD, I talk about it as almost like a mini gunslinger. And that is kind of the case in a sense. You know, if you looked at his career prior to the start, you know, he had, I think, like 27 TDs versus 23 interceptions, right? And so you kind of have almost a one-to-one ratio. Uh, and even the Vikings, you've kind of seen that in the limited time he's been able to play. Like, he will push the ball down the field. He'll give his dudes his chance. He will make mistakes. And so you got to kind of be willing to, you know, kind of live with the strikeout here and there. Because you know he's swinging the bat really hard, right? And when he connects, there's going to be some excellent stuff. Like both Addison touchdowns were wild, like you know, wild plays from Mullins to Addison. Uh, and you could debate which one was crazier. Probably the second one. Everyone was screaming at the TV. Everyone in the stands. Probably all the coaching staff. Throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. Live to fight another down. He fits it in, and it's the spectacular play right and that's just kind of i think the nick mullins experience he's an exciting dude and i think uh 
I just don't think there's any way he's not starting next year or next next year next week. Excuse me. Right. So it's just Kevin O'Connell didn't a hundred percent confirm it, but it's ninety nine plus percent. Nick Mullins is the dude uh, next week. And Jefferson, the last point, Jefferson uh, basically said that yeah, Mullins, he was fantastic. Uh, he with Mullins did a really great job. The guys have confidence in him, and that's basically what you want. If you are the backup quarterback, if you go in and inspire the dudes, give them confidence, and you give them a chance down the field, that's it. That's yeah. it. Like that. That's the mandate for sure. Right? Yeah. No. I, like I think certainly uh, the turnovers were poor, and even the touchdown, like you said to Addison, that second one, like could have yeah. been very poor uh, as well. Or we throw that. Throw that a hundred times, Sam. How many times do you think it works? Yeah, not not well, many. Probably below thirty. Even the yeah, um, not many. Well, it was yeah. the other the uh, there was the one that Addison was coming across the field. I know that the next gen stats yeah. came up about the probability of catching that ball, and uh, I think like yeah, Addison made. I saw, a the, great I saw the graphic. I, I know uh, the graphic you're referencing, but I can't but, think of a number. I think it was it was, it was below thirty five. I think it was. I think it was. Um, it was not high, but right. I think completion probability percentage was twenty one point four. Okay, that's yeah. There you go. So you do that play a hundred times, only twenty one times basically is it actually going? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but I think this is, and I, I think maybe this is where we can talk a little bit more about the offense. One of the things I had actually mentioned uh, when I was doing the podcast solo, a uh, bit of a traumatic experience, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless. Right. Was who's going to be the quarterback that gets the ball into your receivers and playmakers' hands? Uh, And Nick Mullins, I think at this point, again, we we haven't seen a ton from Jaron Hall, and so it's hard to make that conclusion, but uh, he is the best quarterback to do that. And he might make some mistakes, but uh, really, especially with Addison, I think you can say that – between that that kind of three-headed monster of, of Jefferson, Addison, yeah, and Hawkinson, uh, they all uh, get well six six catches, six catches, and seven uh, for for Jefferson. Uh, Addison goes over a hundred yards. Uh, maybe you'd almost say a little bit of a quiet day for for Jefferson. Ten targets, seven receptions, eighty-four yards. Yeah, like by his yeah. standards. By uh, his standards. Yep. But also, I think the fact that he played a game, looked good, got through healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Lots yep. of good things from there. And and I think also just not to uh, skip past uh, a good performance by Ty Chandler as well. Tremendous performance from Ty Chandler. Like the offense really, short of two blemishes, had an excellent day, right? Had an excellent day. And you talk about it, right? Like who's going to be able to get the ball to these dudes? I mean, we were just, I was just saying this to Sam, like, You've got a Ferrari, a Porsche, and a Range Rover. Range Rover's going to be your tight end. But you got these amazing, amazing, you know, players, these two receivers and this tight end. You got to get somebody who can take them out of the garage and actually, and actually get them to go. You know what I mean? And what a difference from Las Vegas, what the offense was doing, to Cincinnati, to what the offense was doing. It just was basically night and day, which is more or less what you saw on those final two drives when Mullins went in. Is things just kind of came to life. All of a sudden, you know, Mullins threw that kind of was like twenty six yard pass to Hawkinson, and yeah, there was a bit of a luck because it was you know it was, you know, it was tipped off the defender's hands, but that's the Mullins experience, right? And so for these next three games, 
short of injury, it's got to be Mullins, I would say, right? You get the Lions and then the Packers and then the Lions again. These next two, Sam, I believe, are at home, right? You're 7-7 seven and seven now, still in control of your playoff fate. Not anymore with the NFC North. Now, now you got to hope that the Lions lose their next three to actually win the North. But in actually getting into the playoffs, it's fully within your control. Fully within your control. And Mullins, you got to think, is the best one to do that. Uh, and then you got to wonder, too, not to kind of stir controversy here, but you got to wonder as well, um, if Madison is healthy and ready to go next week, can you insert him as the RB1 after what T- Chandler just did? Or do you sprinkle him in as kind of, or do you do it as like a, a true timeshare? Or, or how do you manage that? Because um, if you have a quarterback who throws for 300 yards and a running back who runs for more than 100 yards and your top three pass catchers are all making plays, right? Like that's, and again, the turnovers are the critical factor there. The defense as well, which we'll talk about in a moment, is a critical factor there. But there's enough in there that says that that's basically winning formula. That's, that's the winning formula for the Vikings of feed these three and then if you get some solid production out of your RB, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not again, good problems to have to have that question about who to start running yeah, back. Like that's I don't right. think that's right. Uh they've all the running game hasn't been strong this year by any measure, but Madison has actually had a better <laughs> yeah. uh is that too kind? Uh Ma- Madison has done yeah. better as of late. And so uh again, yeah. good good problem yeah. to have and I don't know. I, I sometimes I think that the the share is good and you keep legs fresh. And sometimes I think that some of these guys like to have. I know the, that's the thing. The ball and exactly uh, touch it twenty times, twenty five times, get into that rhythm, and that's maybe when you you break one and you and you bust a big run and you get that rhythm. Some of these guys the benefits, man. So tough, tough call, tough call. Tough call. But that's. Uh, that's someone else's job. Um, yeah, that's right. Exactly. But, Notes from but, the North is not uh, deciding the depth chart. Yeah. If they, they want to call us, uh, feel call free. Us, call uh, us up. Call, call, us up. call Kyle. Don't call Sam. Um, yeah, well. But I think a pretty good performance from the the offense, I think, is is fair to mm-hmm. say. Like you said, the, the yeah. turnovers were costly, yeah. but certainly a different uh, different performance than what we saw against the, the Raiders. And I think... Uh, fascinating yeah. I think just to compare what happened last week to even just seeing what both the Vikings and the Raiders did this following or this this past week uh, again Vegas putting on an absolute clinic against uh, against um, the Chargers uh, but if you think about it now uh, the defense has been really it seems to be steadily getting better and better as the season has gone on uh, it almost feels like week by week there's been st- steps, improvements, uh, just individuals continue to get better and better. But this week felt a little bit like a step back. And I guess what I'm kind of wondering is, is that just, you know what, the nature of this, you know what, it's a good offense. Again, you're missing Joe Burrow, but uh, you still have some really legit uh, offensive weapons with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Uh mm-hmm. And so is this just a team having a good quarter or is there something about this where maybe Cincinnati saw something that uh, might be exposed moving forward? Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll step back even a little bit from the Bengals game. This isn't the first time 
that teams have kind of scored late on the Vikings. Vikings are kind of holding on to a lead late in the game and a team, you know, comes back and scores late. Now it's been hard to be overly critical. Like think back to Denver, right. And throwing that touchdown pass to Sutton. Like it's hard to be overly critical in a sense in a game like that, in that they've done so many things right. You know what I mean? And even the Chicago bears game, um, is the same sort of thing. It was only a field goal, but the field goal was enough because it was a 10 to nine lead for the Vikings. So the field goal was enough. And there was certainly some concern about how soft, you know, the Vikings played in those moments, you know, with Cincinnati, it's a little more disappointing in that it's three touchdowns. You know, you go into the quarter with a 17, three lead. And that's a little bit, almost feels a bit artificial because if I'm not mistaken, Sam, you know, 17, three technically going to the fourth. And I think like the first play of the fourth quarter was a touchdown. So, you know, as I kind of like kind of bridging that divide between the third and the fourth, but the, the simplest and, and reality is a 17-3, and then they allow three touchdowns. Give them credit, though, is that they actually went out in OT and stopped Cincinnati, gave the ball back to their offense in a really favorable field position, right? So there's this kind of – and right, right now, the Vikings defense is seventh, seventh in the NFL when it comes to points against on average. That is tremendous. Like, if the season ended right now, I'll probably write about this on PTSD today. If the season ended today, the Vikings season would be remembered for three things, I think. Injuries, a wild amount of injuries, and not just injuries, but injuries to major positions. Uh, turnovers, the offense is committing an insane amount of turnovers. So the point of almost being absurd at times. And then the defense's progression. Like, the unexpected, the unbelievable turnaround from the defense to the point where if Brian Flores isn't the head coach, I don't freaking know, man. Like, he's just done such incredible work. He, he should be a shoe-in to be a head coach somewhere. Uh, as as disappointing as that will be for the Vikings to see him leave. But he has just done such amazing work. Uh, the late-game stuff, though, is concerning. And yes, Cincinnati. So Zach Taylor seems like he's a pretty good coach. Yes, Cincinnati has talent. But there's no Joe Burrow. And you're even down to Mar Chase towards the end, right? Who's a beast. He like he's your WR one. He's probably a top five receiver in the NFL. Like he would tell you he's first overall. He was, I don't know if you saw his presser this week, but he was he was saying he was first and then talking about Jefferson and so on and so forth. But in any case, at worst, he's top ten. He's probably top five. He's not as good as Jefferson, but he's a good player, right? And so that's concerning. You know what I mean? And some some of the stuff was a little bit how much do you tip the cap? How much do you, like, you think that pass to T. Higgins where he kind of extends his arm across the goal line? Like, a Caleb Evans was in an excellent position when that ball was thrown. Like, initially, when the camera cut to Evans, I'm saying to myself, that's a pick. You know, yeah, Caleb Evans is right there. It's their long dude on the Vikings' long dude, and the Vikings' long dude's in a really good position. He should be able to go up and make a play on that ball, but he just kind of backtracked a little too much. Higgins, of course, was there, reached across the goal line. And the rest is history. Unbelievable play from T. Higgins. Remarkable play from T. Higgins. And, and you know, Browning, giving his dude a chance. Which, if you're the backup quarterback, give your dudes a chance, right? So, it's concerning, but they did give him a chance. They The, the defense gave him a chance to win this game. And very kind of in the specific moment, in overtime, stopped the Bengals. Got them to punt the ball back. The Vikings offense... All, at that point, all you need is points. Field goal does it, right? So, 
man, I can't be overly critical, even if you're seeing the stuff with Denver and with Chicago and now with uh, whichever this team was that Vikings just played. Uh, Bengals. Help me out here. There you go. Just talking about Bengals. I haven't had enough coffee, apparently. All, all three now, you have the, the offense, or the, excuse me, the defense struggling to kind of maintain that lead. And that, that that goes two ways. You know, the offense can do more to help the defense. It's not solely on floors in the D. But that that is there, right? And so, and it's there in a three touchdowns in the fourth quarter manner, right, with the Bengals. So, yeah, boys, the Lions are coming to town, right? Santa's on his way, and so too is Detroit and Dan Campbell, right? And uh, their offense is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, so... You know, Flores is going to need to be sharp. I would imagine that means let's dial up the heat on Jared Goff. Let's just jack up the pressure as best we can and force Goff to make plays with, um, you know, some defenders kind of like coming down on them kind of thing. But the Lions, they're a good team, man. They're a good team. So we're going to see with those guys. Yeah, they're they're a good team. But I'm I am interested. Maybe we can transition that because I think you mentioned yeah. earlier we do have there's three games left and the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, Continue to be in a playoff spot. Uh, they do, yeah. Continue right. to hold control of of their destiny, which is encouraging. Uh, and also, things went relatively well for them this weekend in terms of if you're looking at the scoreboard uh, out of town and mm-hmm. seeing the results uh, pending a game tonight, yeah. where you're you're cheering for the Eagles to to beat uh, Seattle. Exactly. That's uh, right. That's right. But maybe just. As you look at the lines again, you got them t- two times in three weeks, and yeah. potentially, yeah. potentially, yeah. if things hold the way that they are right now, three times uh, exactly in uh, like they. they when does that happen in the NFL? Three three games against the same team in a four week stretch. Have you ever seen that happen? No, like I, it's uh, it is interesting how late. Like I think as yeah. you saw the schedule to see yeah, yeah. having like I think. Certainly, it does seem like they put those division games uh, sometimes at the end, but to have both oh, yeah. games exactly. against the Lions. And I think exactly realistically, and they're coming off a, a strong performance uh, yesterday, yep. but yep. have been a little bit like at the start of the season, they look like a wagon. And I think they've yeah. uh, they've cooled down a little yeah. bit. Uh, it seems so, yeah. Yeah, but still, you, you talked about the offense. You got Goff. You got Gibbs has really turned into yeah. Jameer um, Gibbs is a good player, a really good player, and I think that's even one of the things that as you, as you think about this team and you put pressure on Goff, uh, you got to have yeah. someone that has got an eye on Gibbs for any uh, type of of dump plays or or screens. Uh, but yeah. thinking about again, I think that Detroit, their strength would be their offense at this point, and yeah. yeah offense for sure and as, as strange as it sounds it almost feels like the vikings strength at least as you look at the whole body work this season the defense has been uh the it's better in. yeah of, of, of the course two. so yeah so i guess yeah like how do you see or is there anything that you are particularly looking for as you think about these two teams matching up against each other yeah so i actually if i had to pick the game right now i'd pick the vikings i do have a lot of faith in mullins um and I do actually have a fair bit of faith in Flores as well. Like I kind of like the Mullins Flores combo in that you kind of know that Mullins is going to go for it. And there's enough offense and there's enough competence in that offensive coaching staff. Like Kevin O'Connell has actually proven to be quite a good coach this year. <laughs> He's done, I mean, 
the Brandon Powell stuff, Sesh Bush, yikes, yikes, move. Um, but on the whole, he's a, he's a good coach. He's had he's had rough moments for sure, but he's a good coach. And I kind of think that that uh, that Vikings offense is going to score. Detroit's defense right now, same they're twenty third in the NFL. They're allowing on average twenty three point six points against per game. Right, so um, I, I kind of t- I tweeted about this. Not that Twitter matters. Twitter sucks, but um, coming into the year, there's a you know a lot of comparing between Detroit and Minnesota, right, for obvious reasons. Um, but one of the more specific areas was their defense, right? Because both had a really poor defense last year with the Lions and the Vikings. The Lions kind of went after it, and they added some really high end talent. Right, players both in the draft and via free agency. You think Sutton a corner, um, Gardner Johnson, safety, who will get hurt early in the year, but in any case, a great, great player, right? And then they drafted Brian Branch, they drafted Jeff Campbell, that linebacker, right? Like they've got they brought in this influx of the talent, but they maintained their DC. Meanwhile, the Vikings were a little bit more muted, a little bit more subdued with the talent that they added, kind of thing, a little bit more of a youth movement. They did add Byron Murphy, Mark Stavport, and so on and so forth, but it's a little more muted. And then they added kind of like the big ticket, you know, Brian Flores, huge name. Uh, and right now, man, that coach ad looks better. Like you kind of have these two defenses and it's that coaching approach that seems to have paid off, at least in the present moment, right? Um, what that actually means for the remainder of the year and the playoffs and so on and so forth, we'll see. But I, I am kind of curious, uh, can Kevin O'Connell get the best of the Lions defense and then, because then it's a matter of, okay, can Jared Goff and Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson being the OC for Detroit, um, can they solve the Flores riddle? And, you know, as you kind of mentioned, you kind of have Jameer Gibbs there, who is, in a lot of ways, a pretty good solution to pressure. You know what I mean? Kind of like this, like, really shifty, explosive, talented guy. And then you partner him with Montgomery. And the one who really should scare Vikings fans is Amon Ross St. Brown. They're a top receiver. He is just ferocious. He's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Very, very good. Um, I don't know how well the Vikings match up with St. Brown. That might be a Byron Murphy assignment, kind of smaller and shifty versus smaller and shifty. Um, St. Brown versus a Caleb Evans doesn't seem to fit particularly well. To my mind. But we'll, we'll kind of see what Morris decides to do there. Going to have to be opportunistic. Um, it's boring, but going to have to take care of the football. Maintain possession of the football, not not give them any free stuff. It helps that it's at the bank, U.S. Bank Stadium kind of thing. Uh, fans will hopefully be loud, I guess, for the Vikings' sake. It's Christmas Eve, you know what I mean? Christmas will be a lot more merry for a lot of Vikings fans if they take down the Lions. Um, I think this one's close, just like every Vikings game seemingly is close. The only game that hasn't been close for the Vikings is when they pretty pretty good beat on the Packers, right? Otherwise, it's close games. I think this one's close to well. I'll, I'll, I don't think we usually do this, but I'll call it here on Monday. Um, 31 to 27 for the Vikings. Can you uh, give me your two cents here? Yeah, I, I, I do feel like the Vikings uh, certainly came in this game. And I think it would be a lot of fun, regardless of what happens, for that week 18 matchup. Oh, man. To me, that'd be amazing. Yeah, oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, especially like beyond just the Vikings themselves making the postseason, but like for both teams, that would be must see TV. Like if if that can end up being about the division, like I think regardless, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Minnesota is going to have more to play for than Detroit in all likelihood. Yeah. Although, um, probably, yeah. Who knows what what's going to happen? Uh, yeah. But I I do think the Vikings will do one. I do think that uh, like. I wouldn't be surprised if the offense really has a, a really strong game. Uh, right, right. I'm going to say, uh, what, 34-20 for the Vikings. Wow. 14-point win. Okay. And here, so here's the other one. We'll just shoot in there. In week 17, Sam, do you know who the Lions are playing? Dallas. They go to Dallas, take on the Cowboys, which, you know, no one actually takes the Cowboys seriously. But in the regular season, sometimes they do okay things. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like in the regular season, you're thinking, wow, look at all the talent. They win these games, and then they just fall apart. Right? So basically, Dallas Cowboys are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right? So maybe the Cowboys can win in Week 17 when they get that Week 18 scenario that Sam was just talking about. Yeah. And given that the Vikings need to beat Green Bay. Uh... Fine. It's Green Bay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll we, see. Yeah. Well, was the famous last words. I was going to say, we'll, remember we'll what we said about Chicago? Uh, yeah, that's right. It's just Chicago. About, yeah. Uh, yeah. Denver to a lesser extent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, maybe we can wrap up there. Uh, again, programming note, the Vikings, I know this is, we're entering a bit of a holiday season. Uh, right. We'll right. try to put something out, I think, probably on the 26th. Uh, yeah. Rather than we'll recording, yeah. we, we probably aren't recording yeah. on our, our Christmas morning. <laughs> no. Um, no. Um, if, yeah. if someone wants to, to pay for uh, pay for it, then then maybe we can do that. But, yeah, man. Uh, you got enough uh, money coming our way, then we'll make it happen. We uh, we could uh, sell out and, and leave our, our kids at the Christmas tree while we record. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We record yeah. a podcast, but. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, we'll, we will. Uh, Plan to probably have something out on the 26th, um, but hope that everyone has a good holiday season, whatever uh, that looks like for you. Uh, enjoy the football that will come with that. And uh, again, Kyle mentioned a little bit earlier, just some of the uh, articles that have been written, but purpleptsd.com, uh, vikingsterritory.com. Be sure to go check those out. Have a good week and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye.